Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show. Today we have the privilege of listening in on a recorded session of Brian live at our Mastermind Summit. This once-a-year event in sunny San Diego is designed to help you become your best self with strategies to reach your full potential. Let's listen in to Master Motivator Brian Buffini. When I was at the peak of my real estate career, my mother called me one day. No, no, that's not true. She only called me twice in 30 years. I always called her because that's a very expensive phone call. So I called her, but we're having a chat. And I'm, I'm like cranking, okay? I got 20 deals a month going on. I got 30-some referrals coming in every month. Things are cranking. And we're having a nice chat. I've since retired my dad taking care of them for life. Everything's good. Everything's great. And she says to me, Brian, I was thinking, you remember when you were in school and you were doing the accounting? Would you ever get your accounting in America just to fall back on? Now, I want you to know that 10 years into Mastermind and she's sitting, we have 5,000 people and Neil Armstrong, she goes, did you ever do anything about that accounting thing? Like I still need to. Because what that represents is this. Plan B represents this phrase. Put it in the margin. Here's how it can often be. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Don't be disappointed. I did a broadcast some years ago called The Power of a Made-Up Mind. How many of you heard that one? It's been the most successful, most widely distributed recording we've ever done by a lot. And you never really know, right? You know, you do the best you can to meet people's needs. But you hear that, and you're the power of a made-up mind. That's gone all over the world. Millions of people have heard that because they obviously needed to hear it because we obviously struggle with not having our mind made up. If that makes sense, say I. So we're going to talk about no plan B. Now, ultimately, plan A is what I want, what I think I should. This is like I've gone through this, I've gone through that, I've done my homework. And it doesn't mean I won't have contingencies in plan A. If then, if this happens and we do that, if this happens, it goes this. But this is what I'm going after, and that's it. I'm not doing real estate and getting an accounting license. I'm not going to go do and do that because that's die vision. Die to vision. No chance. No chance. We're going to put a man on the moon, and if we don't make it there, we'll try to get some other place by sometime soon. No chance. So here's what we're going to do with no plan B. We're going to cover these three things. You're going to make your mind up. You're going to be decisive. You're going to take action. These are three things we're going to cover. Now, this is very important. I think one of the things that's kind of fascinating for a lot of folks, again, we started bringing our family to this because I wanted my kids to hear this stuff and get exposed to these speakers and people we were bringing in. And then people started saying, well, he's bringing his kids. I'm bringing mine. But the other part of this stuff is that to really do this stuff right, you have to live it. You know, if I'm up here bouncing around and saying this and saying that, and then we go home, I, I've destroyed everything. So when we teach and share these concepts, it's lived out. And this no plan B is something that my bride and I have committed to from day one. And she's a rock on this stuff. She's a rock. That's how she ends up going from being born in Sumter, South Carolina, at a time when volleyball was 100% a West Coast sport. 
and the girls are six foot five and blonde hair and blue eyes, and this five foot eight little black gal coming out of the South makes it all the way to the Olympic team. Right? Come on. No plan B. No plan B. No plan B. I'm an All American. I'm one of the top 10 players in the country. She doesn't get invited. 64 girls are invited to the tryouts. She doesn't get invited. She's an All American. There's only 12 of them. 64 get invited, do you think? No plan B. Write letters, write letters, write letters, write letters. True story. The head of the Olympic team said, I will give you a tryout if you stop writing me letters. Because it was no plan what? And we've been at this from day one. I had no plan B. I knew I was going to get this girl to marry me. And I have no plan B. I am selling myself to her for 33 years. And I plan to keep selling myself and keep escrow closed as long as I can. No plan B. No plan B. We've applied this to Buffini and Company. No plan B. We've certainly weathered a ton of storms and giant economic recessions and all these things. And so many great consultants have come in and told us to do that. Nope. Nope. We don't have a plan B. I would rather fail massively pursuing the desires of my heart, what I know to be true as a plan A, than be safely snug at home suffering with the existence of plan B. You follow? Better to fail pursuing plan A. So rock and roll, here we go. Here it is. Once you make up your mind, here's what happens. You become more resolute. You become more resolute. Stubborn is bad when it's connected to pride. Stubborn is great when it's connected to resolve. Stubborn is bad when it's connected to pride, great when it's connected to resolve. You want to be resolute. The definition of resolute is admirably purposeful, determined, and unwavering. Those, aren't those great words? Admirably purposeful, determined, and unwavering. You become more resolute. Here's the next thing. Once you make up your mind like this and have no plan B, you focus on your wins. This is crucial. Here's a great one. Winners focus on winning. Winners focus on winning. You know what losers focus on? Losers focus on winners. They criticize, they chirp, they connect, they this, they find envy. Winners focus on winning. Losers focus on winners too. We're going to focus on our wins, no matter how big, no matter how small. You owe $100,000 in credit card debt. You paid $500 down on one. It's a win. Not a big win, but it's a win. Are you guys with me? It's a win. And then once you made up your mind, here's what happens. You never give up. You never give up. Now, you're sitting here, and you don't believe that. That's seminar talk. And I've done this many times. I've shared with a lot of people. How many of you have ever started something and then quit? Let me see your hands nice and high. So how many of you started something, quit, but then later on started it again in a different way? Could I see your hands? See, you're not a quitter. You're just a stopper. You tried this. You didn't. You got some momentum. You lost momentum. You got discouraged, and you stopped. But in your heart of hearts, you never gave up hope, and you might have done this, and you might have tried something else. It might have taken a while, and then you started again. You know why? You stopped. You didn't quit. Now, once you recognize that, the goal in success is to keep the times from when you stop to when you restart shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. I just gave you about the best description of success you're ever going to hear in your life. That's how you seize the day. 
one day at a time. Winston Churchill, never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing greater, small, larger, petty. Never give in except to the convictions of honor and good sense. Never give in. That was an entire commencement speech he gave one time, then just sat down. Here's the next thing. Be decisive. We covered this earlier on. Talked about yesterday about making decisions. Made up mind makes decisions. There's a great book on the subject. Chip and Dan Heath wrote a book called Decisive. That's nice. That helps, right? And there's problems with decisions, and there's a process of how we have to go. And so we need to explore the options, do the homework, and then decide. What we tend to do is sometimes make a decision way too hastily and then try to recover from it. And that's why ultimately we start having plan B and plan C and D and E and F. So here's when we make bad decisions. First, we haven't done the homework and we have a false sense of certainty. So there's a process called confirmation bias. 27% of students surveyed were wrong when they were certain of an answer they gave. This one will make you feel good. 40% of doctors were wrong when they were absolutely sure of the diagnosis they gave. That's why they call it practicing medicine. That's why sometimes we get a second opinion. Okay? Pretty wild stuff. And again, I know I got some medical people in the room. We make poor decisions when we are blindsided by short-term emotions. Short-term emotions make for really bad long-term decisions. Here's a great one. Never make permanent decisions on temporary feelings. There's a lot of that goes on today. Our society today, here's what happens. Someone will post something that wasn't fully reported, and there's outrage, outrage, outrage. And then about three days later, the rest of it comes out, and there was nothing to be outraged about in the middle of it. We live in rapid judgment, outrage, and we go on these emotional roller coasters, and people are making decisions accordingly. Make informed decisions, informed decisions. Do your homework. So I'll tell you the good of this, and I'll tell you the bad of this of my process. So what I have a tendency, what I do, is I run down every rabbit trail. Okay, what well, this could happen, this could happen, that, what about that, what about that? And not worry, I'm like, well, okay, these are contingencies. That could happen, that could happen, that could happen, that could happen. And I work through all of these. And the kids know it. When they have a big decision, this is how I'm, I help them in the process. They're like, exhausted. But we run through all these, run through all these, run through all these, run through all these. Now, how many of you kind of are like that? Let me see your hands. Here's a little coaching tip I had to learn the hard way. I'm a synergistic person. It's very important if you're a synergistic person that you don't share all your rabbit trails with people because everybody else thinks that's the decision and they're all sideways. Does that make sense? So, okay, I'm going to run down that. I'm going to run down that. I'm going to do a little homework. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take my time informed, informed, informed. Okay, what if this? What if that? So on and so forth. And then once I've done the homework, once I know I have the knowing inside, that little voice inside, I have evidence from the past, I have concrete evidence in the future, and then this is what I want to go for, that becomes the decision. Scott Adams, he was a creator of Dilbert. He had a funny one. He said, informed decision-making comes from a long tradition of guessing and then blaming others for inadequate results. I like that. So we're making up our mind. I'm, once I dig in, dig in, dig in, and I know I'm giving you slightly, slightly things that are not all aligned. It's things you're going to have to think through because of multiple decisions, so you're going to have to think through. Take your time. Fight through the process. 
We're talking about your plan A. I think it's worth thinking through. It's worth turning off the tube. Give yourself a half hour a day, less screen time. How about them apples? This is what we're doing. This is what I'm committing to. I'm going to be all in on this. I better be all in on the plan. And then once you're there, we take action. We take action. And take action is a big deal. And once you take action, here's what I want to share with you. And here's the gift. And here's what I can look around and give you a concrete example. I don't need to show you a slide. You will attract like-minded people. You'll attract like-minded people. You know, somebody say, oh, is this a lot of work? The preparation and all the details, there's a million of those. Trying to really meet the need, that's a lot of work. But actually coming here and doing this, this isn't a lot of work because I'm talking to like-minded people. As we're taking action, we want to immerse ourselves in personal growth and professional development. Immerse ourselves in personal growth and professional development. Immerse. A once a year come to mastermind isn't going to get it done. And this is as good an event as you're going to find. We got to do this continually. Now, this is specifically designed to do one particular type of thing that's unique to it. But immersion. Immersion is like going under the water. What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? Great. You have some shows you like. You want to watch The Bachelorette? Fine. Don't immerse yourself in that. Are you with me? What are you going to immerse yourself in? And that's the good stuff. And when it becomes that lifestyle and you keep digging and you keep digging and you keep growing and you keep networking, you keep synergizing, that's where the magic happens. That's where the magic happens. Robin Sharma says this, to double your net worth, double your self-worth because you'll never exceed the height of your self-image. I believe your ability to earn and your ability to learn go hand in hand. And I'm not talking academics. I believe formal education can make you good living. I believe self-education can make you a fortune. I've seen it. I've lived it. I've watched it for thousands, thousands, and thousands of people. And there's nothing wrong with formal education. It's a good thing. But self-education, self-education is going to make you rich in business, life, and everything else. Okay? You get better in every area of our life. Would you guys agree? Yes or no? And here's what happens. You become a winner. You become a winner. You become a winner. And that's when the magic really starts to happen. Now, here's the thing. In different degrees along the way, I can actually say this. There's a whole bunch of folks in this room been with me a long, 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 long time. And in many, many cases, I see this evidence all the time of each and every one of you. But I want to give you this technique of the no plan B to take all of the stuff we've been talking about and really commit to it. Take your time to build out plan A. Don't be in a rush. Take your time. Great plan A's don't come overnight. Take your time. Do the homework. Get the feedback. Now, you can't build it by consensus, but you can get feedback. And then you become a winner. Well, I'm going to share with you a couple of personal things. I think you're going to like this. I have talked about the A-team, and believe it or not, I've always talked about their sports, but actually, surprisingly enough, they're quite academic nowadays, too. I don't know how that all happened. But they all play their sports, and they all do their, their thing, okay? And we've used this with our kids, but I'm going to tell you a specific story that will show you how much we put the chips on the line ourselves with this stuff. So the twins, all right, the babies, the babies. You guys remember when they were so small, and now they are, look at them, 17-year-old women, and come on. So the kids have been playing volleyball since day one. So here's the thing. You think about it. Like, we've always had to have huge high ceilings in our house, not for any aesthetics or architectural things or anything like that. 
We've always had to have huge high ceilings because since they were tiny, mom is whacking the ball at them. And they're like, poof, poof, poof. Okay, oh, there's a light. Poof. Big yard, acres, doesn't matter. Always in the freaking house. San Diego, go outside. Oh, no. Poof. So here's the thing. They should be good. They've had an Olympic volleyball player whacking the ball at them since they were babies. And so when it's time to get to high school, we start looking around, looking around, and they go to a school that's known for its academics. And it's really not had any success. In fact, in its 19 years of existence, it's never won what's called a CIF championship. Never looked at anything like that in any sport. So they get there, and they get on this team, and guess what? They get going. And in their freshman year, boom, they win the championship. And then they put them up a division. And the next year, they win a championship there. And oh, by the way, they played basketball, and they won a championship there. And then they won the championship again last year. And then they won a state championship. And so on and on it goes and on and on it goes, right? And in the volleyball world, you have what you do in high school, but then you have what you do in the club scene. In the club scene, anybody club sports, it's all about getting your looks, doing that and stuff. And then it's all about getting to college to play college volleyball. And it's a little obsessive and it's a little over the top to me. Play it, enjoy it, but everybody says college, 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 college. So they're doing their thing. And in addition to this, we have an unusual dynamic because we have twins who both play the same sport. And yet at the same time, they're having sometimes different experiences. So Alicia does the setting, Amy does the hitting. And so Alicia, in her own right, doing fantastic, unbelievable. In fact, after they win the championships, She's named an all-state player in the state of California, okay? Okay? I'll give you context there. There's 21,000 girls play high school volleyball in the state of California, and there were 24 girls picked to be all-state players. So she's 24 out of 21,000. Okay. So that's kind of cool, but here's the problem. Her sister Amy out of 446,000 girls that play volleyball in the United States, Amy's one of 12, and she's selected as an All-American. So, okay, this is great. So she's an All-American. Alicia's All-State. Now, I tell Alicia, if you were an only child, you'd be like, all that in a bag of chips. So all of a sudden, now, it's not sibling rivalry, but all of a sudden, she's not feeling as good about herself because she's an All-State volleyball player, and her twin sister's an All-American. Are you guys catching this whole scene? Alicia, just recently, in all the sports across her high school, football, baseball, basketball, now they've won, they've won like 14 championships now in multiple sports. All this energy in the school has taken off, and they're doing great. She was named, uh, she was runner-up for Athlete of the Year in all sports. Little gal, five foot tall. Here it is, Athlete of the Year. Who was she runner-up to? Her twin sister. Oh, yeah, here we go. So now... I'm like, you are the stud. You're an all-state volleyball player, yada, yada, yada. But in the back of your mind is, I'm not as good as my twin. Are you guys with me? So in this recruiting process for colleges, Amy starts getting a lot of interest from a lot of places. She's highly recruited. And in fact, she's recruited from a team right here in San Diego, USD. And USD is a fabulous school, a fabulous campus. And in fact, the assistant coach who's been recruiting her for all this time, Jimmy's in the room here today. Give me a little wave there, Jimmy. Jimmy's in our program and loves all this and uses personal notes and Popeyes to recruit people. Yeah, right? They're in the Sweet 16 every year. They're one of the top volleyball programs in the country. It's in San Diego. It's a gorgeous school. And they're recruiting her and whatever else. And Amy, after going back and forth and back and forth, Amy goes, 
my brothers go to college in Point Loma, smaller school right on the ocean here in San Diego. And I'm going to go to Point Loma and I'm going to play there. And there's the possibility if I go there, I might have a chance to play with Alicia. So Amy commits, gets a scholarship. So congratulations, Amy, scholarship athlete. Next year, going to go play college volleyball. However, that kind of creates a little tension. Now, typically when a girl's trying to get recruited, they'll send anywhere from 30 to 70. One girl on their team sent out over 100 videos to 100 colleges. There's 600 colleges between D1 and D2. And you put them out there and you pump out there and you pump this and you pump that and whatever else and you do this and they come to watch you at all these games and all this stuff and they come by and they come by and whatever else. And, all, and there's actually, each one of these clubs has a recruiting coordinator because this is all the way the game is played. Alicia, how many schools are you going to send out your video to? One. I'm going to one school. I'm going to go to Point Loma. I'm going to play with my sister. And that's what I'm going to do. Now, she's hearing dad, no plan B. No plan B. No plan B. No plan B. High five. No plan B. No plan B. No plan B. High five. No plan B. Right, baby? And this is it. Every day. No plan B, Alicia. Yeah. Okay, dad. Yeah. No plan B. Yes. And I'm like, I hope this works. Because here's all the variables. First, the coach has to like her game. Right? That's kind of important. Second, he has to have a need at that specific position. Next, she has to be the best player that he can find at that position anywhere in the country or even overseas. Now, these guys are recruiting from overseas. And lastly, he has to have not people on the team already committed or people coming in. He might might love her, but I've got two people at that position. Are you guys with me? So there's a whole bunch of variables out of our control. But we said, hey, no plan B. Coach calls her up. Hey, you know, Alicia, I appreciate you sending me a video. Obviously, I've got your sister here and whatever else. And Alicia goes, yep, I appreciate it, Coach. I'm coming to play for you. He's, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to go look at a lot of girls. and No worries. Now, in addition, Alicia is also not the tallest volleyball player in America. She actually may be the shortest player in the entire country trying to make college volleyball. So we got this, we got that, we got no plan B, no plan B, no plan B. The coach comes to her games. He comes to her practices. No plan B. All the girls, I'm going to this college, I'm going to that college. College is coming by. Alicia, would you consider our college? She's like, no plan B, no plan B. Now what's happened is all these schools that were super actually interested, they come to her games and they're going, well, she says she's going to this place. She says she's going to this place and that place hasn't said anything. So now we're starting to lose out all these other options of all these other places that want her to go. Are you guys tracking me? It's like musical chairs, and the chairs are getting taken away. No plan B, no plan B. He came to her practice. He came to her games. Never made a commitment. This went on for months. So finally, he's just agonizing over this decision. And then he starts coming up with excuses like, well, I don't know, sisters and twins and this and that. And he calls up Amy. What if you guys like the same guy? What would that be all about? I mean, this and that and the other. And so finally, he comes to Alicia, and Alicia goes, Coach? You need to recruit me. You need to put me on that team. and I'm going to help you win championships. I'm coming to play for you. You just haven't found that out yet. So finally, the coach goes, I don't know what else to do. So he says, fair enough. I'm giving you a scholarship. Come and play with your sister. And dad got to sleep for the first time in about three and a half months. And of course, the thing that makes me most proud is all these stories are fun, but here's the deal. As a dad, it's not just about the goal, it's about the process and the people they become. 
Her sister posts on Instagram the next day, and that was what made my heart the best. She goes, congratulations to my best friend for committing. Nobody deserves it more. So, Ames, you're not just an All-American. You're an All-American kid, an All-American sister. I'm proud of you too, baby, okay? Even it's all good. It's not bad to be talented. So there they are. You'll be hearing about Point Loma. And I'm going to give them three years before they win a national championship or we're going to fire the coach. What I'm trying to say to you is we're all in on this stuff too. This is not just words from a stage. It's not some show. It's a way of living. And it's, 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 it's just these pour the good stuff into your head. Be around good people. Write the goals. Pursue your dreams and go after it with everything you got. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. (laughs) 